Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Any Given You podcast. As always, I'm your host, Michael Megan. Before we get into today's content, I would like to remind everybody that if you are enjoying the show, subscribe to the podcast and please give us a rating, five star, I hope, and tell us what you think via a quick review. Or if you can't do any of that, just tell some of your friends about the podcast. We are available on all major podcast platforms, and you can also follow us on Instagram and our Facebook page and group. It's a special time of year here, folks. It's time to discuss some win totals. That's right. We are going to glean what we can from various sources, such as the Football Power Index, win totals the experts have already published, returning talent indexes, the scheduling, and the latest in roster shifts here as we are only mm, we're under 70 days away from kickoff, somewhere low 60s by this point, so about two months. And today we are discussing and starting with the SEC. We are going to give you our best bet for winners and losers in the conference and rank them from first to worst. I cannot wait, so let's dive in. And we will start right here at the top with the Alabama Crimson Tide. And here at any given you, we think that the Tide are going to come out with 11 wins on the season. That's right. I think that this Alabama team is going to get clipped by somebody. And so it's the it's the norm uh, rather, you know, it's kind of the exception to the rule for teams to go undefeated, even Alabama. Um, if you look during Nick, T- Nick Saban's uh, tenure there at the school, they've had a couple of undefeated seasons, but usually they do end up dropping a game. And with the amount of talent that Alabama has lost, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think that it is likely that they will lose a game. Now, they do have a pretty tough stretch here. 18 September through 16 October, there are three games on the road out of five games that they're going to play. And those three games on the road are Florida. They have to take a trip to Gainesville. They have to take a trip to Texas A&M. They'll also play Mississippi State, which I would like the tide in that matchup, but still it's a road game. And then we also have LSU that could be a potentially potential stumbling block for Alabama. And then you can never tell how the Iron Bowl may or may not turn out, although I would highly favor Alabama in that matchup, as I would probably most years in recent history. The reason that I'm going to say that Alabama is not really going to pick up exactly where they left off, although they will still be a very good football team, is the O-line is a huge concern. They've had to replace pretty much everybody on the offensive line, the award-winning offensive line from last year. And they also have lost a ton of talent at receiver, although they have reloaded well with the recruiting classes. You you have to consider this, folks. They've lost the Heisman Trophy winner and two Heisman Trophy candidates from last year's team. Mac Jones is gone. Najee Harris finished fifth in Heisman voting. And they have a lot of question marks at the wide receiver position. They have a new uh, backfield starting coming into their first year, new quarterback situation, retooled offensive line. The defense does return a lot of talent. This Alabama team reminds me a lot of the 2019 Georgia team, to be honest with you. Question marks a wide receiver, new starters in the backfield, still returned a very good defense, but I think you're going to see a less explosive Alabama team that is going to make 
a few less plays that this last year's team would make, and I think they end up dropping a game, although they still are my favorite to win the West and represent in Atlanta. So 11 wins for the Tide. The next team on the list is the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm giving them 11 wins. Historics show that UGA is good for dropping one, and they do have a couple of tough matchups on the schedule, although their overall schedule is actually pretty easy. They do open the season at neutral site action with Clemson. I do like the dogs in that contest, but it is the Clemson Tigers we're talking about. Now, I have been critical of that conference and whether or not Clemson is an actual championship contender. Who knows? We will find out a lot in that matchup, but I am not so naive to think that Clemson could not hand Georgia a loss in that one. October 9th through November 6th is a tough stretch. They've got Auburn, Kentucky, Florida, and Missouri, which, you know, of that contest, Florida and Missouri are, in my opinion, the next two toughest teams in the in the East. Kentucky always plays a physical brand of football, good in the trenches, so that, that's usually a tough physical contest there. And then Auburn, in which, um, you know, it's a rivalry game. Again, can't really count those guys out. So that is a tough stretch there for them. Uh, I do see somebody clipping the dogs before the season's over, but who knows? I do also think that this team has the potential to go undefeated. Um, it, it just it, it really depends on what's going on uh, at, in in regards to if the dogs can stay healthy. Because UGA has had a history of getting banged up. Case in point, George Pickens has torn his ACL in uh, spring practice. Lucky for the dogs, they continue to recruit, especially the, re- the uh, transfer portal at a high level. And we did pick up Eric Gilbert coming into the scene uh, to help assist with uh, George Pickens going down and have picked up a couple of key additions in the secondary. And they do have great depth on organic recruiting as well. But still, this team is a few key injuries away from being a 10 and 2 or possibly a 9 and 3 team if the injury bug bites really hard. So, but uh, we are predicting 11 wins for the Georgia Bulldogs. Next on the list, we've got the Florida Gators. And for Florida, we are predicting 9 wins on the season. They have a very brutal schedule. They have to play Alabama, although they do get Alabama at home. They have to go to LSU. And after that, they have to go in after LSU. The next week, they go into neutral site action against the Dogs. I think that that's going to be a hard stretch for uh, the Florida Gators. By the way, they have a late season matchup going to Missouri, which I do think that this Missouri Tigers team could be potentially pretty good. Emory Jones will have to be used in a creative way to run Florida's depleted offense. I'll put it to you that way, to say it lightly. We were just talked a moment ago about what Alabama lost. I think uh, Florida has lost even more when you're talking about their ability, you know, what they did offensively last year. The defense should be much improved, but I think you're going to find a lack of explosiveness on offense. We'll see the Gators in more tight fights this year than they were last year. And their style for 2021 is really not ideal for defeating strength on strength. When you're talking about they're going to have to depend on their trench play, and Georgia is far superior in that facet to to the Gators. Uh, LSU is also bringing a very talented front uh, to the you know to the to the competition, especially the defensive side of the ball. A lot of young guys got a lot of development last year, so I think that's going to be a tough ask for the Gators to defeat them on on the road as well 
Um, so nine wins for Florida. We'll see what Dan Mullen can do. He's going to have to get creative this year, but I just think that, you know, the Gators are not quite there with the depth in recruiting over time. They definitely have taken a huge hit to the NFL draft, and so nine wins is what we are predicting for Florida. Good news for them, closing comment on the Gators. They are in the SEC East, which is very, uh, you know, kind of rocky right now, so they will have the ability to pick up wins. Texas A&M is the next team we're going to talk about, and we are predicting nine wins for them as well. I know a lot of people are very, very high on them. I know a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes right now when I say nine wins. And you know what? It's very likely that they're going to be 5-0 and heading into the Alabama contest. If you look at their schedule, it's very friendly. Ole Miss is a matchup nightmare for this team. Because of the way that they play explosive, high-tempo offense, um, you know, and they, their ability to light up that scoreboard. Texas A&M plays a more slow, traditional field position, defensive, try to run the ball. And Texas A&M is going to be doing it with, uh, you know, I guess you could say downgraded tools this year. There are unproven commodities all over the field for these guys. They are retooling the offensive line. They have no proven playmakers at wide receiver. It is a new quarterback situation. Texas A&M is going through the same thing that Alabama is going through this year. I would say with slightly less talented roster and definitely not as good coaching. You know, when you're talking about Nick Saban going head to head with Jimbo Fisher, I think they're both, I think Jimbo Fisher's a good coach. I think Nick Saban's the greatest coach who's ever done it. So um, when you're talking about those two teams lining up and playing each other, I can almost guarantee you that that will be a win for the Crimson Tide, especially with the preseason chirping that has been coming out of College Station. At LSU, to end the year is going to be a tough competition for the Aggies. Lack of experience at quarterback, I think, is going to be the major issue here. I think that the talent can express itself with a little on-the-job training everywhere else, but Kellen Mond was a longtime starter there, and there is going to be a fairly significant vacuum left by his absence. Texas A&M is, um, I mean, they're deep and talented at running back and tight end. Their defensive front will be one of the finest in the nation. I think that will be enough to buy them nine wins, but they are also in a very competitive division in the SEC. And I think there are going to be some teams gunning for their head this year. So nine wins for the Aggies. Next on the list, I have the LSU Tigers. They do have the potential to get wrecked by this stretch of their schedule from 16 October through 6 November, where they play Florida, Ole Miss, and Bama, all in that all in that stretch. However, LSU had a lot of youngsters on the field in 2020 that got a ton of on-the-job training. And I think they'll look to take another step forward in improvement. This team is very deep with talented, albeit young, guys at all over the field, most of the positions. Uh, I think they've returned nine starters on defense. With a new coaching staff bringing in a system that's closer to the 2019 model, who knows where the Tigers could end up going. I do feel that this will be a much improved team over what we saw last year going 5-5 five and five in the All-SEC schedule in one of the strangest years you know, in college football history. One thing I will say for Coach Ogeron, I don't know how he is as an X's and O's guy, really, but he is good about 
you know, assembling a pretty solid staff. Now, he made a couple of stinker picks in his staff last year, but I do not believe that those were his first options. I think he ended up getting a lot of first choices coming into this season as far as assembling a staff. So who knows what happens? I think that you're going to see a lot of this young, experienced at this point talent on the field express itself in a much better way. And I I think nine wins is very, very possible for LSU. I think it's going to be very probable for LSU. That Texas A&M, Alabama, LSU, and potentially, I'm going to even say Ole Miss race is going to be kind of tight, I think, in the, in the, uh, in the SEC West for a little bit um, until one of those teams establishes itself as the dominant power. But I do believe that there, there may be a little, uh, you know, love triangle there where those teams hand each other, you know, losses respectfully and, and, uh, and, and, or respectively, excuse me. And, and we might end up in a situation where, you know, it's, it's getting tight late in the year. The next team that we have is the Missouri Tigers, and I am predicting that they are going to finish with eight wins. Now, I'm going to say that Kentucky and they take a trip to Boston College, those games for me are both toss-ups for the Tigers. Um, I think that they, what I would consider, I think they have five W's pretty much deadlocked at this point. If you look at their schedule, I think I see about five wins, obviously a majority of them non-con, but I can see about five wins on here for everybody. Anyone that's in the East, I'm pretty much chalking up Vanderbilt and South Carolina is probably a win for just about every other team in the East. So I think five wins is very, very uh, doable right off the bat. It depends on whether or not they can win a couple of these toss-up matches and maybe clip you know, one of the teams that they're not supposed to beat. Now, Connor Bazelak, at quarterback, he's a difference maker for them. And Missouri boasts the most experienced roster in terms of upperclassmen. They have, there is no other roster in the SEC, at least, that has this amount of redshirt juniors, redshirt seniors, true juniors, true seniors on the roster. And what you can see is teams that have that going on, historically, some of them have uh, they've, they've ascended. They've, they've made it to another level because of, of guys that have trusted the process for so long. There's a lot to be said for intangibles, leadership, effort, motivation, everything else. And with all these upperclassmen on the roster, I, I think that you're going to see a Missouri team that's going to be pretty formidable uh, coming this fall. This team will be big. They'll be strong, experienced, and motivated to go out with a bang. And honestly, I think that they are a dark horse to win the SEC East. Next in line, we have Mississippi, Ole Miss. Seven wins. The Lane Train enters its second year in Oxford. Potential losses in definitely in uh, Bama, LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M. And they have a matchup with Louisville that could be pretty interesting. Ole Miss will present a unique challenge to their opponents. Matt Corral and that explosive offense will be a lot to handle for some of the SEC West foes who lose some steam offensively. I'm talking namely Alabama and Texas A&M. Their defense is still a huge concern with many unproven entities all over the field, and one of their top tacklers in Jaquez Jones just transferred to Kentucky. So 
not really able to afford too many hits on the defensive side of the ball, and that's another one. I think, again, you're going to see a, a fairly porous defense out of uh, Ole Miss, maybe a incremental improvement, um, but that offense will be a nightmare to deal with. Lane Kiffin, one of the most creative play callers in the SEC with returning quarterback talent. Uh, I think he's one of the most creative play callers in the entire country. So um, I got Ole Miss winning seven games this year uh, in the SEC West. The next team on the list, we have the Auburn Tigers. Seven wins is what I'm going to say that they achieved this year, and that is sort of being generous. I wanted to go more with six, but I, I will I will go ahead and give them seven wins. Now, first-year coach Brian Harson will benefit from several years of Gus Malzahn's top 10 recruiting classes at Auburn. Quarterback Bo Nix has still failed to show the maturation needed to guide Auburn to double-digit wins. Look for these guys to rely heavily on talented young back Tank Bigsby and a veteran secondary to eke out wins in a tough SEC West climate. I look for Auburn to clip somebody, though. They're going to clip somebody this year, and the somebodies that they need to clip is going to need to be either Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, or LSU. I think that that is possible for one of those teams, depending, especially if Auburn picks up some steam early in the year. They do have a tough matchup with Penn State. If they can get over that hump, there is a potential that they could start over or start the uh, season 4-0. Um, but I also think that in classic Auburn fashion, they will lose one that they shouldn't, either to South Carolina, Mississippi State, or Arkansas. Um, Penn State, that Penn State contest, going back to that, I think, honestly, that really is a toss-up game because Auburn does express itself well in the early part of the season. Their postseason games are horrendous, but early season matchups, especially cross-conference, Auburn has historically done well. Now, Auburn only has four wins on the schedule that I would consider a deadlock or near deadlock. So they're going to have to make up quite a bit of ground as far as winning those toss-ups and clipping somebody. But I think seven wins is in the realm of possibility for Auburn. Takes me to my next team, Kentucky, which I am also saying will get seven wins. The Wildcats come into the year with five very winnable matchups. They play Louisiana, uh, University of Louisiana Monroe, They've got uh, U- University of Tennessee Chattanooga, Vanderbilt, New Mexico State University, and South Carolina. All those are very winnable games for, for this team that is well-coached uh, year in and year out, one of the more physical teams in the SEC. They will likely be favored against Mississippi State and Tennessee, so that, that to me gets those guys to seven wins. If they can manage to beat in-state rival Louisville, this could be an eight-win squad. Depth will be a big issue for these guys. They have to stay healthy to realize their seven-plus-win mark. The next team on the list is Mississippi State with six wins. The Football Power Index absolutely loves these guys. They have them ranked eighth overall. I just don't see it. I'll be honest with you. Mike Leach enters his second year with a bowl win over Tulsa in his cap, which is great. Uh, That obviously devolved into some absolute shenanigans after the game with the fight and everything else. But nonetheless, they go in as a four-win team from the SEC, and they beat what was considered one of the better group of five teams in the bowl game. Uh, Again, the FPI gave these guys ridiculous love 
putting them at eight overall. I'm calling BS. Mississippi State does return a top 20 defensive unit largely intact. And quarterback Will Rogers showed a lot of promise in his first year at Mississippi State, displayed flashes of what they could be in 2020, but their depth is still nowhere near close enough to being in a position to handle the grind of an SEC schedule. I think they have four wins locked up, in my opinion. They have the ability to beat Kentucky and Arkansas, but those are also toss-up games. To secure their sixth win, they must catch a big boy napping. You know, they're going to have to hit an Auburn, a Bama, an LSU, Texas A&M out there in the West. Also, they have a non-con with uh, North Carolina State, NC State, that is not a guaranteed win either because they are going to go up against what I would consider a pretty scrappy and sneaky good team there. The next team on the list we have is Tennessee with six wins. Tennessee, following the self-imposed witch hunt for NCAA recruiting violations, exploded into a full-blown dumpster fire with over 35 players that would eventually leave the program. In a time when this program was already struggling to be mediocre. Now, all that being said, the experts seem to think that this is still a six-win squad, and I actually agree with that considering how shitty the SEC East is right now. I see five W's for them, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, South Alabama, Bowling Green, and Tennessee Technical College of whatever. I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know what this team is. But if they can manage to knock off Pitt, there's your six wins. Now, Pitt has to come to Neyland Stadium, which is an extremely hard environment to play in. So I would actually favor Tennessee in that matchup over Pitt. The next team we have on the list is Arkansas. I'm going to give the Hogs five wins. Three wins seem assured for Sam Pittman's crew. Arkansas does return a sneaky good defensive unit. There is a lot to be said for attitude and motivation, and the Hogs got a taste of success last year, and I'm sure that they'll be after some some more of that this year. I see this team playing spoiler to somebody's dreams. In fact, I could see that them doing it a couple times. Uh, they, they played Texas, first game of the season. Who knows what you know? Steve Sarkeesian's brand new Texas squad looks like against the continuity of a, a scrappy SEC West team. I could see them pulling an upset there. They could beat Old Miss, Mississippi State. They could clip Auburn, LSU, Missouri. I think they all stick out as potential victims. They do take a trip across conference to UGA, and as much as Sam Pittman would love to get that signature win, I just don't see it for the Hogs um, in, in that matchup. Next, we're starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel here. We're going to South Carolina with four wins. First year, head coach Shane Beamer has his work cut out for him. Luckily, the Gamecocks have talented bell cow back Kevin Harris, who averaged north of six yards per carry and 15 touchdowns last year. I think he's one of the best backs in the in the SEC, which means he's one of the best backs in the country. But literally everywhere else is a huge concern. This team does not have the horses to keep up with the rest of the conference. A combination of mediocre recruiting and a mass exodus of talent following Will Muschamp's departure has set this program back in a big way. I think they will be a whipping boy at the bottom of the SEC East, which takes us to the dead bottom of the SEC East. You may have seen this one coming. Of course, it is the Vanderbilt Commodores, and I think that they only have three wins that I would call near virtual locks, maybe. I think even maybe these are toss-ups. They got East Tennessee State. 
They have Colorado State and they have Connecticut. I could see them winning those three games. They will absolutely lose their final seven contests. If you take a look at their schedule, they play pretty much all the big boys down the back stretch. They suck. I, I'll just be honest with you. Look for first-year coach Clark Lee to work on producing better pass rush with an emphasis on creating turnovers. Vanderbilt was miserable at this last year, and they're going to have to steal some possessions to get something going offensively. Now, on offense... He does have a long-term quarterback in true what will be true sophomore, Ken Seals. Uh, all things considered, he didn't play poorly for Vanderbilt standards. Uh, look for Coach Lee to attempt to field a more balanced attack to take some of the pressure off of this young signal caller. That, I, and, and you know what? I think that being said, this team will be lucky to avoid getting skull dragged every week let alone thinking about winning. I could see this team going over, to be quite honest with you, coming off of what I saw last year. And there you have it, folks. SEC win totals from the best in the business. Don't think so? Go check out some of my content on the Facebook page from last season. Your boy killed it. 62% accuracy calling outright winners. Not going to talk spreads, though. <laughs> I will be turning out more of these. For the remaining conferences soon, I think we're going to go with the Big Ten next on the docket, so be sure you don't miss that. And hey, if you enjoyed what you've heard here today, then please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. It won't bite, I promise. And if you would be so kind, leave us a rating, five star I hope, and write a quick review. That would be much appreciated. If nothing else, tell some of your football addicted buddies about our podcast. It is available on all major podcast platforms. Football season is approaching quickly, and you're going to want to hear the best college football content around. Also, if you would like to score some Any Given You swag, check out our online store at squadlocker.com. We have a great selection of apparel to suit everyone, and the best part is 10% of every purchase is donated to charitable causes. I do not and have not taken a single cent for myself, and I'm not starting today. So, if you'd like to help make an impact in someone's life and score some sweet gear just in time for fall, then get over to squadlocker.com, search the Any Given You store, and pick you out something nice. And remember, any given time, any given place, any given topic, get it at Any Given You.